Hello and welcome to Nerd vs. World, episode 50. Doctor Strange Love, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Nerd. Yay. I've been waiting so long to use that film title. <laughs> I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. And I'm Emma. Okay, so on today's show, a few quick things, and then we're mostly going to just geek out about Nine Worlds Geek Fest, which we've just all come back from and just about survived without conflict. Correct? Uh, don't, yes. don't say that too soon. I, I can feel my voice going. Okay. <laughs> so maybe maybe not survived conflu entirely. Cool. So yes, yeah, it'll be that, and then we've got some other bits and bobs to go through before we get onto that. Yeah. Yeah. The fire away, good sir. Okay. So where do you want to start? A couple of trailers. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So we've just we've just watched them just before we've started recording this. Uh, trailer for the Hateful Eight was finally released today. And the new trailer for Doctor Who Season 9. One of these things I'm very excited about. The other one, not so much. Really? I'm guessing you're excited about Doctor Who. I'm excited about Doctor, Doctor Who, Who, yes. Yeah. Uh, not so much hopefully. I mean, the, the trailer looks alright, but A, I don't like westerns. Okay. B, no, you really don't like westerns. I'm not a massive fan of Tarantino anymore. Um, well, I, I doubt I ever was really a massive fan of Tarantino, but I watched Django Unchained and verged on hating it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, these are all things that would make you not be overly keen on that trailer. Fair enough, I can, I, I can see that. I can totally see where you're coming from. I, on the other hand, am a big Tarantino fan, and I I liked the trailer. I liked that it gave away just enough of the plot without giving away too much. The looks... I think clean is probably the best word to go for it, or the, or the white, or the colour. Um... And there's a vague feeling of claustrophobia about it in terms of it seems to have a very limited number of sets that they yes, go between. Yeah. It looks like it's basically a cabin in the woods type yeah. thing, which will endear it to you, won't it, darling? You love cabin in the woods, people keep dying yeah. films. <laughs> and that worked well for his well, for Reservoir Dogs, particularly, mm. with most of that film being set within the warehouse. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what he does with it. Cool. I will not begrudge you watching it, dude. No, I just, no. I'm just not a fan. Plus, as you mentioned before, Ennio Morricone doing his first original Western score in 40 years for yeah. this film. It so. was a really nice looking trailer. And I do hate it when trailers show you all the action bits and you think, well, there's no point watching that then. So it was just intrigue and it was pretty and it's coming out at Christmas and you've got a lovely amount of snow. Yeah. And, you know, it's a nice... Probably violent film at Christmas. Yeah, which is what Christmas needs, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Die Hard, Die Hard. The Weapon, all of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gremlins. Uh, yeah, Gremlins, definitely. Um, I guess, I don't know why he has to make such a big deal about it's the end film from Quentin Tarantino, because he's done that quite a lot now, hasn't he? What? Didn't say the last one, did it? Did uh, did he not? I, I thought he made a big deal about the last one being the seventh Quentin Tarantino. Oh, right, yeah, room, maybe. And yeah. now it's the eighth it's Quentin eight, Tarantino. Eight. We, we, we can count. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, I just think... The affectations of an auto-genius. I think he's vastly overrated. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a future episode, maybe. <laughs> yes, let, let, let's not get into that now, but yeah. I, okay. I, I think we're very much on different sides of this debate. So. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> Well, you know, nerd, nerd culture can't thrive and evolve if people have the same opinions. Indeed, so yeah. It's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. 
we'll just gloss over yours and move swiftly on. <laughs> just ignore my opinion and carry on. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> to the Doctor Who trailer then. Because yes. you were clearly excited about it. I was very, very excited about the Doctor Who trailer. I'm still very interested to find out uh, who Maisie Williams is. Uh, it looks, from, from the look of the trailer there, she's either on some kind of agricultural style planet or prehist- not prehistoric but kind of medieval earth yeah because she was wearing you know rough cut clothes yeah which so. was different to what she was wearing in the first trailer it is so. yeah very much so so i almost got the name of the episodes that she's in right last time out but not quite um it's the girl who died and the woman who lived i think that's the two-parter that she's slated to appear in right so yeah, we'll cool. see. But yeah, I mean, I, there, there was some discussion between us as to what the what the city is towards the kind of is it the middle of the trailer? Yeah, just before the middle point in the trailer. It's the the, the rather spherical looking city. Yeah, I'm calling it a Skyro. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and, and watch some of the like the original William Hartnell ones when they first get to Skyro because you see the city a lot from the, yeah. the you see kind of you know distance wonderful matte paintings of Scaro. There's something about the architecture reminded me of, of Daleks. Mm. So I think that would be Scaro. But we'll see. We'll, we'll check. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'll go back and have a, an excuse to rewatch an unearthly child yeah. again. Fair. <laughs> cool. But actually, it's not the unearthly child, is it? Because that, that then goes to prehistoric, doesn't it? I think the first is the first round prehistoric one. If I'm honest, it's been so long, I can't remember. I'm fairly sure the first couple of episodes is, is like 50,000 BC or something and then it does the Daleks as the second episode as the second story mm. if I recall correctly you probably do, I mean I bow to your knowledge on Doctor Who so and this is where I'll prove, be proved to be completely wrong and I'll be fighting off the hate mail uh, fuck it <laughs> totally fine <laughs> so yeah it looks interesting and, and again there's that shot of the Doctor on stage with a guitar I, I want to see what that's all about that's the, that's the thing that intrigues me probably more than Maisie Williams is how they get the Doctor on stage with an electric guitar good point I, I, I'm up for that yeah well, we'll see we'll see in about a month's time yep yeah 19th of September oh, it's yeah. due which, uh, as Emma rightly pointed out, is the night that we're going to see Rocky Horror in London with Richard O'Brien. Nice. So, haven't they just added like Stephen Fry and a few others to that cast as well today? I think oh. uh, like Emma Bunton's been added to that cast. Ooh. Okay, we'll have to double check that because uh, as far well, we we were sold at the point where it was Richard O'Brien was yeah. involved, so we're like, we are there. <laughs> we're going to the last night, yeah. the last showing of that run. So that's on on the Saturday, which is. Coincidentally, the same night as Doctor Who, so we'll be spoiler avoiding until we get home. That's fine. That's cool. You did it last year with the anniversary, didn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. You're used to it. You're used to avoiding premiere night spoilers, even if it means staying until three in the morning. Which we did. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us did. Well, Megan fell asleep. I watched it. Oh, I fell asleep. Megan watched it. You fell asleep. That's right. (laughs) It's just not hardcore enough, Emma. So yes, that, that's that's interesting trailers. Yep. Any other quick bits to get out of the way? Um, I'll just run do the announcement about about Kaleidocon. Kaleidocon yeah, first, we could yeah. do that. Um, so yeah, the guys from Kaleidocon announced on Tuesday that due to uh, low ticket sales and sadness and regret, they were having to cancel the convention, which I'm gutted about because we were looking forward to doing a couple of panels there and meeting people. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, unfortunately, Kaleidicon has been cancelled. So yeah, check check the website for details or the Facebook group if you do have tickets. There's messages on there about they'll get in touch about refunds and so forth, and yeah. to get in touch with the hotels and and cancel those, which I need to do, amongst other things. So yeah, yeah. that's a bit of sad news on conventions, but then uh, we'll come back from an, uh, an an awesome convention. We have, we have. Uh, my first Nine Worlds Geek Fest experience, and it was phenomenal. It, it's our first full one, but we only went for the Saturday day last year, yeah. so it's our, our first weekend there as well. So, what did you make of it, then, sir? Well, I really, really enjoyed myself. Once I got over the initial nerves, once I got over being overwhelmed, because it's quite an overwhelming experience. Like so many people in a relatively sort of enclosed space to mill around in. It's a fa- fairly overwhelming environment as well because it's in it's in the Radisson Blue at Heathrow and the um, the layout isn't the most obvious when you first get there with the different levels and things I've found and the fact that you've got to go around the back sometimes and there's all bits that you find throughout the weekend. I don't know, I was alright with that. You were fine. Reading the, <laughs> reading the map was fine, you know, it's talking to someone asking them for help, that was the difficult part. <laughs> okay, I mean, cause I think when we went last year we found it difficult to get our heads around where stuff was and what was going on and how it all worked. But finding some of the little rooms I yeah. think, was a challenge. Mm. And there was still a bit of that when we went back this year, but... Newbury one wasn't labelled, so we had to ask mm. for that, but we found it in the end. Yeah. No, I thought it was great. I really it enjoyed very, it. Very, very good. Um, should we do our day by day? Yeah, cool. Okay. Well, cool. You want to start with your Friday? My Friday started at 10 o'clock in the morning with a panel called Why Whedon Matters, uh, which was all about justifying our obsession with Joss Whedon, <laughs> as if we need a reason to justify our obsession with Joss so Whedon. On, what, what were the reasons? Well, the reasons given by people in the audience were like, his innovative approach to writing, his characters, the humour, um, the world building, all these aspects. Mm. Um, it was a very interactive discussion. I mean, I kept pretty quiet, but people were shouting out their favourite Joss Whedon lines, and the guy, host, lecturer, whatever you want to call him. That was moderator. The, moderator, <clears throat> that, that'll do. That was leading the panel, um, engaged well. It was, it was nice. It was weird. Made the whole convention seem part sci-fi convention, part lecture circuit for academics. Mm. That's where I spend most of my time over the weekend, if I'm honest. What was the Whedon track? Um, and like the academic stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting, and like it brought up interesting points that I'd, that I'd obviously always been aware of, but never really put a name to, like Whedon's concept of the chosen family, mm. which permeates a lot of his work. Um, I was there watching this presentation thinking, I could go home and write a paper on this. <laughs> and thinking, yeah, you're, you're, at, you're at a convention, Brendan. Have fun. Stop thinking about papers that you're going to write about things. Um, but the fact that Buffy comes from a broken home and like she has the Scooby gang around her and there's an argument to be made that the reason that this Slayer lives so long is because she has this family that support her. Mm. And the same, the same dynamic appears in, in Firefly. The crew of Serenity are their own little family. Mm. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has it again. Yeah. And the Avengers. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, ooh, chosen family. I like this term. I like this concept. I must go and investigate this more. Yeah, also, yeah, that's prevalent in Dollhouse as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was interesting. That was the first thing. 
Because um, I had to wait around a while because my check-in for the hotel was two o'clock, yeah. so all my stuff was in the car, and I had to wait. But we had that same problem. I'm trying to think, what my second thing was that day. Oh, then I bumped into Sue, who was cosplaying as Tiny Tina, ah, yes. and then that was just kick-ass with the giant bazooka. Man, it was huge. There are pictures, they'll, they'll be going out probably along with the YouTube video, and I've got a bunch to put up on the Facebook page. That thing was bigger than she was. Yeah, it actually was. It literally was. was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the amount of tokens, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised she could walk because she was weighed down with tokens that much. 110 tokens, I think. It so, was very impressive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after that, we kind of we hung out for a bit, and then we went to Emma Newman's um, newbie meetup. Mm-hmm. And we got there and all the chairs are arranged in like this giant square. And we're just wondering, is this some sort of intervention or is it <laughs> <laughs> a meetup? Do you just go in and stand there and say, hi, my name's Brendan and I'm a nerd. Hi, Brendan. Hi, Brendan. Yeah. But no. <laughs> we sort of moved the chairs into little groups. Um, and then me and David ended up holding the doors open for like the last 20 minutes because it got so fucking hot in that room. Right. We just stood by the doors just leaning against them because we couldn't find anything else to prop the doors open with. Mm. But it was cool. There was tea. Yes, yeah, and biscuits. we went to it last year, but it was it was in the bar, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And they just brought along kind of carafes of tea. Nice. So, mm. yeah. they, they, didn't, they were meant to have big urns for tea, but they didn't come, so they were using a kettle, and they're making like cups of tea like three at a time. They're going to get more water, boiling another mm. kettle. But, yeah, I got, on, got some badges, and I ate some cake. Yay! Yeah. It was a good way to settle into the convention, to be honest. Absolutely. After that, my Friday was going back and checking into the hotel, chilling the fuck out for a while, and then heading back in for the weed and sing along. So um, that's kind of when we converged, really. So shall we? Well, we, we converged yeah, at so. the point where we met with Sue and everything, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. Because yeah. you got there about half eleven ish, didn't you? You weren't that yeah. late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did, you did a panel. So yeah, I, I, mine wasn't quite a gentle introduction as that. I got there and was shoved on stage. So. <laughs> Yeah, I took part in the panel on neurohacking with my uh, software developer head on, um, which was it was an interesting panel. I didn't have an awful lot to say because the, the main guy who was there was presenting kind of his work that he's done on neurohacking, and the rest of us were there to kind of provide a bit of color commentary, ask some questions, and talk about the potential implications and potential applications of of the kind of neuro technology that he yeah. was that he was showing. So it, it was an interesting talk. The guy, he's, he's a very, very interesting guy. Uh, he's very quirky and, yeah, it zaps his brain a lot. <laughs> Both reads and zaps his own brain. And there was an opportunity afterwards to zap your own brain. Indeed, yes. You could you could follow him upstairs and he was doing actual <laughs> demos on the neurohacking. Oh, okay. You could get yourself oh. hooked up to machines and have your brain zapped. Wow. <laughs> Is that like a, do you want to see my etchings? Play for chat <laughs> well, apparently he, he had... He uh, had a rather large paddle. Well, he, he had two, I'm sure he did. two <laughs> colleagues back at wherever it was that he worked that were there, and it, that it was about hooking up with them across the <laughs> internet and, and creating a, a mind space. Fuck me. So now, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you were on that paddle and I wasn't. <laughs> Man alive. <laughs> But that was kind of cool. And I, I mean, I came out of it kind of you know, wanting to get hold of some of the sensors and try and write a mind-controlled version of something like Breakout or Pong or something like that. Apparently, 
apparently Pong has already been done. I've been, re- I've been reliably informed they had a demo of that last year. So I'm going to do Breakout instead. I'm going to buy some of the sensors and I'm going to make mind control Breakout. Yes, okay. ladies and gentlemen, you too can have neuro sensors for around £50 yeah, that you can buy from China. 40, 50 quid, you order them from China and you too can zap your own brains in the comfort of your own home. <laughs> <laughs> wow, just in time for Christmas, folks. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I, I will put the links to the, the various presentations, and we've got the full video of that panel. So we'll be putting that that whole video out. That's cool. Of that panel yeah. at some point. There you go. It's a gift gift idea from Nerd versus World. Yeah, absolutely. What to get for the person who has everything? Get them something to zap <laughs> their, their brain. own brains. <laughs> And the software to go along with it. That, that's the cool part. The, it? uh, it's all open source Java, so I will be getting hold of that and, and writing stuff for it. So yes, after that we went back to the hotel, didn't we? And well, again we, we bumped into. I bumped yeah. into Brendan checking in. Brendan and Sue and everyone. Um, then we departed again for. We went back also for the Whedon sing along. Sing along, which was awesome, but also very weird. It, it wasn't what we were expecting. Not what I was expecting. Yeah. there. I thought they'd like play. The episode of Buffy, and we just sing along with the episode. I didn't realise it would be a guy on a keyboard playing the score as an accompaniment to people on stage singing. That kind of weirded me out. But it, it was awesome. But I mean, then it you was, got into the flow of it, yeah. and, and they, they were all acting out the story of yeah. Dr. Horrible, and it was genius. It was. It was <laughs> really, really good fun. Um, and the costumes were awesome. And if you were in a Dr. Horrible costume, you were dragged up. Regardless, I was like, like, fuck, I haven't cosplayed. <laughs> <laughs> you would have made a good Buffy. Thanks, it's the legs, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was cool. I mean, that, that was super weird, but super cool. It's one of those things I just don't think you can adequately describe how awesome it is unless you're actually doing it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so that, it was the whole of... Uh, Doctor Horrible sing along blog, and then all the musical numbers from Once More with Feeling. Yeah, which was pretty cool. And yeah, so again, there were. I'm trying to think whether there were several of any of the characters there for that. But it was a the, really good spike. The, the spike was the spike excellent. was kick ass. She was really she cool. Was really cool. Um, there was five Doctor Horrible. There were five Doctor Horrible. There was at a, least four Captain Hammers. Yeah, one of which was Thor, which I found very amusing. <laughs> there were a few Gileses. Giles yes. is? What's the plural of Giles? Giles. Giles I? Giles. Giles of us? It's Giles. like sheep and sheep. Giles. Giles. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, there was quite a few of him. Um, there was an entire family of Buffies. Mm. Which was pretty cool. They all went as a different Buffy, which I thought was awesome. Um, yeah. Good fun. So yeah, we did the, the Weed and Sing Along, and then it was the, the highlight of Friday night, which was well worth the hour and a half's queue. Fuck me, the queue was ridiculous. But yeah, totally worth it for Nightmare Live. Nightmare Live. Which we found out at the very last minute had uh, Jonathan Green yeah. as, as one of the... It's one, one of the guides. Yeah. So, very cool. You describe Nightmare Live. So, I think in general you would have um, the Dungeoneer and the people... Um, directing him from the audience but in this case I think they were pre pre chosen to be Jonathan Green and a few other people weren't they? Well Jonathan Green I'm not sure who the other lady was. I can't remember. I can't remember but we'll, we'll find out and not be 
pictures of it kicking around. Yeah, speaking of Jonathan Green, it's it's almost time for his annual visit to Nerd vs. World, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll have to get him back on we'll the show and on. discuss probably gaming or something this yeah. time, I imagine. Uh, but uh, a quick plug for him while I'm here is that his, his new over. anthology came out today, which is Game okay. Over, which I submitted a story to and it didn't make the cut. So damn you, Green! But we're still no, going to promote your it, book anyway. Damn me, because it, it just, yeah, it, it, it needed another draft. It did need another draft. Fair enough, that's all right. But yeah, Nightmare Live, back to that. Yes. So, Nightmare Live. Uh, it was, so you had Treeguard and you had Lord Fear, who were all there in their costumes. And you had a couple of extra helpers who played the various people they ran into along the way. Yeah. And there were giant dragons, and there were traps, and there was spell casting, and there was knapsacks fl- and satchels. There and were floating heads. There was, <laughs> yes, float, giant floating talking heads. And, was, and shouts ringing out all night of, You're in a room! It was hilarious. It was absolutely brilliant. I mean, the eight-year-old in me just fucking loved it. It was very, very funny. Yeah. And all off-the-cuff comedy around, you know, there's a central plotline, but you can <coughs> never say that everything was ultimately scripted. It was a lot of improvisation, yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even sure who the adventurer was. Apparently, he was a YouTuber, but I, I don't know. Well, you couldn't really see who it was because he had a no. giant. But he was introduced. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. So again, I have to find out who that was, and then we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was really really good. It was well worth the wait. It yeah. was uh, It was excellent. So if you ever do get the chance to go and see Nightmare Live, I will thoroughly recommend it. Well, the touring so, scene. We'll put the tour dates in the um, show notes to check yeah. it out. The next show I know about is in Newbury on the 16th of September. There you go. Cool. But I think they've got three shows coming up, but we'll put all the show notes yeah. in the show notes, so it's fine. Um, yeah. Cool. So yeah, that was awesome. And then... I bailed after that. As soon as that yeah. was finished, I was shattered, so I just crashed for the night. We weren't long after that. We went into... Um... Rebellion and then... Yeah, that's not Rebellion, was it? Sorry, um... Got the name of the publishing company now. Is it, is it Glance? Glance, yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah. a 10 year party? Oh, cool. I think it's Glance because they're, they're owned by Rebellion. I can't remember if that's correct or not, but uh, yeah, there was a party in there and we wandered in and said hello to a few people and then, yeah, we bailed then as well. Yes. Yeah. So that was Friday. That was Friday and that was awesome. I managed to wear my blue badge for the entire day. Ah, yes. The badge uh, well, system. Do you want to explain the badges? Um, yeah, they had a colour-coded badge system, which uh, red badge said, stop, please don't, I don't want to talk to anyone right now. Uh, an orange badge that said, only talk to me if I already know you. And a blue badge that said, hello, please talk to me. So, yeah, I wore the blue one just to try and push myself out there. But I think my face did the job with the red badge well enough <laughs> for like the entire weekend I was like I'm wearing a blue badge talk to me I was like no no one wants to talk to me Oh. the blue lanyards did the same thing and you had a yellow lanyard if you didn't want to be photographed yes uh, okay right I didn't realise that yeah, I had a blue lanyard so that was fine but still that was all cool I've kept the red badge so that I could bring it into work so when a student walks up to me I can just point to the badge <laughs> like nope Talk to the badge. Talk to the, the face badge. Ain't listening. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So that was Friday. That was, that was Friday. That was Saturday morning. 
Saturday morning, that started at 10 for me with a Being a Geek in Academia panel, which was quite interesting. Um, it was nice to know that people are managing to combine sort of geeky passions and tendencies with sort of academic progression, you know, through PhD and beyond. Uh, one of the panellists was doing her PhD on Disney princesses, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, they didn't go into what they were doing their stuff on so much, but as more on how they got into it and how they got into academia, um, how they dealt with the stresses of academia and how, like, academic minds are typically more susceptible to depression and stress and how they cope with that, which I found interesting <coughs> because obviously my, my master's is on deferment at the moment because of exactly that, because of stress. And my master's is fairly geeky in that it's music and streaming tech and the impact on music significance in forming genre and subcultural roles. So yeah, I had a good chat with someone about that afterwards, but not during the panel. But that was cool. That cool. was my, my first panel on the Friday. On Saturday. Saturday rather, yeah, Saturday, sorry. Yeah. What was your first panel? Uh, it was, again, <laughs> the one that I got on stage for, which was the uh, the podcast games. Oh, yeah, because I came to that afterwards. Because you, you clashed with Joe Abercrombie doing a book signing, yes. and you don't know how close <laughs> I came to not going to the podcasting and supporting you. I, I, it was it was a last-minute thing. I was like, oh, do I go and support my co-host, or do I get stuff signed? Or do you signed? indulge your man crush? <laughs> do I get Joe Abercrombie to sign all the things? Um and his started later on, he did a sit down, so I came to the panel. It was hilarious. But yeah, go ahead, talk about this, because this was so much fun to well, watch. Well, yeah, so the, the, there was the podcast games where we were, the, the, there were representatives from several different podcasts there. Um, we were split into two teams. I was with uh, Barry from uh, Geeks Syndicate. Geek Syndicate. <clears throat> and uh, I forget the other guy's name, we did the Fantastic the, the fantastic Cast, about the, the Fantastic Four. Um and yeah, so we, we were team Where's the Bar or something to do with it the, was bar, team, or team where's the Bar. It was Team the Bar. It was Where's the Bar. Or, yeah, the, the name kind of changed all the way through it. But uh, uh, again, we, we recorded the whole thing, so that, that will come out at some point as, uh, as a full recording. And you can. And it's well worth listening you to. You can uh, <laughs> listen to the hilarity yourselves. Okay. Yeah. Of the, uh, the struggle over adversity and team building and inevitable betrayals and. The third act redemption. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh. he was a legend, though. <laughs> Indeed. So yeah. But Spoilers. I was put, I was put in a really tricky position. Yes, you were. Yeah. Because if either either panel couldn't get the answer to a question, it was offered to the audience, and if the audience got it, the opposing team, so the one who was initially asked the question, got the point. <laughs> and to my shock, Spindles was asked I, I a Blade Runner on a Blade Runner, on a Blade Runner question. I did. I couldn't get call. the answer. Well, I could. I, all I had running through my head was Wayland Utani, yeah. and I could not shift that from my head at all. And I was caught between my ego telling me to make sure everybody in the room knew that I knew the answer, <laughs> and not giving the opposing team a point. It was a tough one. It was. A tough it was one, a tough but one. But you made the right call, dude. Yeah, I did. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't cripple you. Your own team were good enough at crippling. 
So, yes, yeah. well, the, the, the spoilers are out there of how it all ended up, but if you'd like to uh, stay in suspense, then wait until we've released the full thing and you can uh, you can hear the entire proceedings yourselves. It's well worth a listen. <laughs> so I think we will be back next year, and uh, hopefully Brendan will be Oh, will be I'm so up for it. I'm so me. up for being on that podcast panel. <laughs> yeah. Now, and ne- next year, if I have a brain fart whilst I'm on the panel, you can rip me about it mercilessly afterwards. Uh, and also show solidarity and not give you the other team the point. Yeah. But I won't get an answer wrong. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So that was... That took us up to about one thirty, I think. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, that was one one fifteen. I think we finished off yeah. on that one. Um, I can't remember what I did after that. I'm looking I, at I think we decided that... Well, I think we tried to go to something and it was full. Yes, so we, we decided to go, to go for lunch. We tried to go to the Game of Thrones, but yeah. um, when the room is full, the room is full, they won't allow people to stand because of fire issues. Mm-hmm. So uh, we turned up just a little bit too late, so we ended up getting some lunch. Which lunch, um, unfortunately, the, um, the hotel bar... I didn't have a con menu. Um, well, yeah, it, it, I think so last year they, they had a special menu that it was like 10 quid or something for a burger and chips or a pizza or something like that, but then it had it just had the normal menu and it was ridiculously expensive, so we decided to go elsewhere. Yeah. Which is a bit of a shame, but... It's located next to McDonald's. Yeah. McDonald's it was, so McDonald's it was. I, I ate so much McDonald's over that weekend. Yeah. Well, given the but choice was, between a seventeen-pound bar meal and McDonald's, it's not. Yeah, I paid eleven pound for a fucking JD and Coke. Yeah, I remember your face on the on the first night when you came back. I went, that was twelve quid, including a one pound twenty-five service charge. And they left us sat at the bar for five minutes while they went to his magical back room. It was like JD and Coke. I was like, cool. Put the, he put the glass out and like had everything ready to go. I was like, I'll be right back, and then just disappeared. Then came back, put like ice in the glass and some jack and then gave me the bottle of coke I was like for 125 you can fucking pour the coke in for me <laughs> like you're making me do half your job here <laughs> this is the staff sucked last year as well i i once sat there and watched for 15 minutes while two people at the end of the bar had a conversation when i was obviously there trying to look at them and engage them um to you know to come over I think this is it, it, it's one thing about the, the, about this convention. Well, I don't think it's the convention that's the problem. I think it's one thing about the hotel staff there at the Radisson Blue. I think their their service levels are appalling. Oh, I didn't really have that much issue. I mean, the bar, yes. At the bar, yeah. But I only went in there the once, and I never went back after yeah. that. But the guys at reception and the concierge, they were yeah. Yeah. fantastic. The reception were great, but... Yes, it was the bar that was the problem, and the fact there was only one member of staff on the sandwich queue... Oh, so yeah. that at lunchtime you ended up queuing over half an hour just to pick up a, um, a packaged sandwich. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the con bar that they had upstairs seemed to have random times of when it was open. It was open at some point during the day, then it closed, and then it opened again for a couple of hours at night, then it closed again. I think I went there to get a, a beer from it at about 11, and it was just shut and gone. And it was like, okay. And there was entertainment mm. going on until two in the morning. And then I wandered downstairs and the queue for the bar downstairs was out the door. Yeah, yeah it must be a staffing issue. Mm. So, yeah, that's, it, it, that's definitely a downside for it. But you know, yeah. everything else that's got, that goes on there more than makes up for it. You just, yeah. yeah. It's just not a con that you go to for lots of beer. <laughs> no. no. Oh, 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 coffee. 
uh, water. There's as much there's, water yeah, as water you water can drink. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. Um, but that was cool, actually. Yeah, I, really, really I appreciated that. Point. Especially when the hotel is as hot as it is. Yeah. Because it was a heat wave when we went. It mm. was insanely hot outside, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. The, the, the fact that you can get water and you can stay hydrated all day is a massive bonus. Yeah, yeah that, was very, that was very, very cool. I did appreciate that. You just took my bottle of water up and it was fine. Yeah. So we're at lunch. Yes, so... Uh, oh, well, I went to the second newbie meetup upstairs in By Forbidden Planet by the store. Right, yeah. They had, they had more tea. So I went back for more tea. <laughs> Yay, for more tea. <laughs> and then I was going to go to the rise of eSports, but I got talked into going to a conversation with... I can't remember her name, how. Naomi Alderman, that was her name, um, about addressing bias. It was part of the geek feminism track. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I got as much out of that panel as I th was hoping to, because she was saying about how when she writes, she literally she plots a graph so that she literally has like four male characters, four female characters. And when she first started writing and getting published, she'd take her stories to publishers and they'd say, oh no, you've got, it feels unbalanced towards the women so you have too many so she would actually break it down and say no actually I have four and four so it's perfectly equitable and I'm just something like that didn't sit right with me just because numerically you have the same number as male and female characters that doesn't make it equitable because you could have like four female characters who are bit parts not really in there a lot and four male characters who have agency and character arcs and sort of are driven by stuff. And if you're saying just the sheer quantity is enough, but the quality isn't, I mean, by her definition, that's still equitable in mm. terms of the, the gender split. Yes, that's not. And, and it's not. Um, it's about dialogue, what sort of personalities yeah. they have. I think it's just something fundamentally weird about the generation we are now and how tech and internet has shaped us. We are so concerned and driven by stats. We can look at stats and quickly make an assumption that things have either got better or got worse on a previous year's version of stats. But quantitative data gives us nothing in terms of quality. And that didn't seem to be addressed at all um, throughout its entire panel. Okay. She says she starts out by writing white male characters and then flips them. Okay. It's very odd. Mm. Yeah, I'm probably missing the point entirely of that panel. I don't know, but for me, it wasn't enough to have literally four male characters, four female characters. That's not enough for gender equality. I don't see why a female would start out writing a strong male character and then just flip the sex. I mean, surely well, a female can write a strong female character to be... From what I can remember, from, from my understanding of what you were saying, the reason she starts with the template of a white male character is because there's nothing that character can't do. When she thinks of a white man and white male privilege, which is an undeniable thing that does exist, she can write that character and then at the end she can change it around a bit. Okay, so she's kind of tricking herself into yeah. writing it. Yeah, yeah. She, she's not. She's not limiting what she's not limiting the characters she develops by limiting them by gender and ethnicity at the start, she just creates a character based on white male and then flips them and does them that way. So her writing, is, so she approaches it 
without the bias of the template she's writing for. Right, okay. I think that's probably the yeah, that's probably the most cogent way I can get yeah, that yeah, across yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, kind of, yeah, it makes sense. Um, which I thought was interesting. It's certainly an approach. Um, as long as she doesn't miss out on the qualitative aspects of character development. Uh, but yeah, that was that. Mm. And that was my last panel. I think me and Sue left after that panel and just like, did you get anything out of that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, with a big fucking bazooka over his shoulder. <laughs> Strong female characters come from. I would have said a different place, but if that's a style, then that's great. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's it. She was talking about her style and her approach. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. I had no, I had no issues with with that at all. It seems it seems to work for her, and she's done a lot of stuff. It's with this uh, zombies run thing. That's what she writes. Um, but breaking it down to a, a 4v4 split and mm. claiming equity doesn't tell the whole picture. Mm, yeah. Um, Fair enough. Well, at that point, then you, you went off for your uh, water dancing with the very lovely <laughs> Miltos. I did indeed. Go on then, tell everyone about that. We um, went into a room <clears throat> which is called Newbury One, which is a, a very beautiful atrium it's got marble floors it's got two um, uh, pools of koi carp um, and it's all on different levels and goes up um, about three floors and it has beautiful buildings so it's a really really lovely space and you can hear the water flowing through and in that we were um, we it, as a pay extra, we um, organised to do water dancing with Miltos, who was Sirio uh, Pharrell in Game of Thrones and taught Arya how to water dance. Um, this apparently came about because it, once upon a time he was on a panel, um, I think at Eastercom, and he was talking about Game of Thrones and he was a bit embarrassed because George R. R. Martin was in the audience and he said, um, you know, I don't know quite why I'm sat on this panel talking about Game of Thrones when, when he sat down there and it, it's all a bit embarrassing. So then George R. R. Martin stood up and said, well, why don't you teach them how to water dance then? And somebody said, well, that's a brilliant idea. Let's do that. So he got roped into doing it. Um, after that, uh, he realised that he really, really enjoyed doing these workshops and it's something that he's really come to love. So he does tend to do a few workshops in, in different conventions. So you only get small groups of people, about 20. Um, and you get in a room and you learn about, you know, how to do realistic um, stage fighting. You end up with, instead of a sword, you get a large broom handle, um, and you... Technically, it's, it's a, a, a handbow. It is a handbow, but it was... I, it, they'd forgotten to provide that in the morning, so I think they'd just gone off to um, being cute and cut some lengths of wood <laughs> in the meantime. Um, so we actually did have the lengths of wood for ours. But it looks a little like a broom handle. And it's very heavy, and then you have to um, shut your eyes, and he places it into your hand, and you have to try and feel the balance. 
and then he he teaches you through you know striking and blocking and then we were doing it over and over again striking and blocking and one person and then another person um and we um we learned that way and he come and do instruction with each of us um as he walked around and then we all sat down and um ended up calling up different um of the couples to um practice and to give instruction and it, yeah it went on for about an hour and a half mm. which you know i came out of it with my legs were a bit achy <laughs> my arms are a bit achy because i'm not used to holding a large um, piece of wood piece of wood with it at the end and unbalanced waving and... it at people <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and at, at the end, uh, we all received a, a wooden dagger and sheath, and he signed them all and posed for selfies. Um, and it was rather wonderful. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty I cool. got some uh, some pictures and some videos of that, so they will be going out either separately, and if you're listening slash watching this on YouTube, you will probably have seen these videos as that was all taking place through uh. the magic of technology. <laughs> Needing a montage. Yes, absolutely. A training montage. Everyone needs no a montage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was really lovely because we bumped into him again on uh, on Sunday as we were getting ready to leave and said hi. And, yeah. yeah. He's a really nice guy. <clears throat> yeah, he says, you know, if you see me, come and talk, come up and talk to me in the bar. So, yes. He's very lovely. I did mean to go to a Game of Thrones panel, but... Um, the room sizes were always a bit small and there's so much going on there's so many different tracks that even if you desperately want to go and do something there might be something else yeah I guess um, this this is kind of yeah for, for the kind of roundup of it that there's uh, it's the con is what you make of it depending yeah. on what you want to go to and I've just seen that we've missed something that we did on Saturday have we? Ooh. yeah before that was the Fantasy versus sci-fi oh, battle. Of course, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I've actually got the um, con schedule here, and I'm going through it, <laughs> seeing what we missed. Yes, I'd forgotten about that. So yes, Joe Abercrombie and uh, Gareth Powell and a few other people. Uh, Rebecca Levine arguing uh, the yeah. great debate of sci-fi versus fantasy. I mean, I totally agree with Gareth Powell. I think Gareth Powell absolutely like mic dropped all as far over. As far as I'm he concerned, he nailed, he nailed he should, everything uh, about sci-fi it. Should have won. But such a Joe Crombie fan. <laughs> I had to cheer fantasy all the way. I stuck to my guns and cheered sci-fi. So well done Mr. Powell. In my opinion you won. <laughs> I clapped politely for sci-fi and told Gareth Powell that he was right and I completely agreed with him. But I cheered loudly for fantasy. <laughs> because I'm a fucking turncoat. <laughs> and I'm, I regret nothing. Fantasy won. So that means, yes, fantasy are now 2 1 up. Yeah. And that was meant to be the decider, but it's still going to be. They said they'll probably do it again next, next year, year. So we'll yeah. see whether uh, sci fi can pull level next year. It was so much fun just to watch them go at it. Like, all four panelists were great. I thought the other sci-fi panelists were slightly more serious than the other three panelists mm. were. The other three seemed to like retake it in the spirit, and she seemed very serious. She made some really ex- ex- excellent points. She definitely knew her stuff. Oh the, yeah, the authors oh, God, that she yeah. was uh, yeah, quoting and the various bits and bobs she was. Oh talking yeah, about. she knew what she was talking about. Right? The, the, the great thing about I think she she just wanted to win. I think that's what it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and fair play, I can respect that. The great thing about these panels is that you know that they don't really 
think the things that they're saying. They're just doing it as a debate to win from their side. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's great fun. You have to take it all tongue in cheek because in, in, in a panel where Doctor Who is classed as fantasy rather than sci-fi, sci-fi. yeah, <laughs> and the panel where where Star Wars, Star is, classed Wars is classed as fantasy rather. instead of sci-fi, so yeah. But it is. Well, and um, yeah, but Gareth Powell's one word, one word response to everything was Ripley. Yes. Just like yeah. Um, now, did we break for lunch then, or did, was there something that I've missed that we went to? I think we we had to go home after the the water dancing. After the water dancing, yeah, because we had to go and get changed, <laughs> and get changed. food, and then come back for the night. So I don't know whether you did anything in the interim, but I think from three fifteen to four forty five was your water dancing, and then four forty five we went off to get food, or to yes. get changed, and then go and get food. And then we had to run back for eight, and we had to run back for it was eight thirty. Well, we had to get back for eight so we could get in the room. Yes. For the Great Whedon quiz. Oh, was that? Oh, yeah, that was that day, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, we sucked so badly. We didn't. We didn't come last. Yeah, not last was like. <laughs> we, we came not last. We came people. not last. Not yeah. last. Yeah. There was one team worse than us. <laughs> I was feeling so confident as well. I was like, we give me. Were. I was like, give me all this obscure Firefly stuff. I fucking know it. And then nothing on Firefly. It was it was basically a Buffy quiz. It was a lot yeah. of Buffy. A yeah. lot of Buffy in there. Monster of the Week in Buffy. It's like, how mm. do I know? It was 15 years ago. Yeah. Oh, no. It was ridiculous. Maybe you want to go home and watch Buffy again. <laughs> and something that happens every six months or so. <laughs> but never actually get around to it. But yeah, oh, no. I was, I was ashamed at my lack of knowledge. It was one of those quizzes where... We'd give an answer. It'd be, we'd, we'd have two answers between us, and we yeah. chose the wrong answer yeah. pretty much every single time. Yeah. yeah, and Emma got a couple right that we just we just flat overruled you. Like, no, <laughs> Gangnam's stupid. <laughs> it's got to be soul. It's, be it's soul, soul music, yeah. remember? And as it was Gangnam. We <laughs> <Fuck laughs> done. <laughs> but yeah, I'd see. I'd, I'd almost blanked that from my mind. <laughs> I'm looking at the schedule going, I was in before 8, and yet only a moment wasn't until 10. <laughs> what did I do, did I do between then? 8 oh, and we 10? We sat in a room and got battered by Whedon questions yeah. for an hour. And you sang hour. bingo. Oh, we sang, we sang, yeah, bingo. That was our go-to song whenever there was a cue. Yeah. Which I'm not going to sing now. No. <laughs> no. But I'll put a link to a fairy tale, to an Instagram version of it in the show notes. You can watch that instead. Um... <laughs> And then after that, it was only a moment. Only for a moment. Which apparently the BBC served a cease and desist on yeah. them for doing just a minute. <laughs> so essentially, which is why it's called only yeah. a moment. Essentially, it's the, the the Radio Four quiz show, just a minute. But yeah, the BBC had sent cease and desist, so they had to rename it. So they renamed it only a moment. <laughs> that was when he said but when po- he came on yeah. stage at first. But Paul can else been like doing that. The weekend hasn't been pulled up yet. <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> <laughs> this is when next year we get there and it's uh, 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And that was an interesting panel. That was as funny as it's always been. Yes. It was very, very yeah. funny. I do really like that format. It's a really brilliant format. I can remember the first time I saw that was SFX 3. Mm. And I thought that was one of the highlights of my weekend. That's like going back four years now. Yeah. Yeah. Four years. So yeah, that was cool. 
was probably the best way to round off that particular day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was nice. It was funny. It was good. Yeah. Enjoyed it. And Joe Abercrombie won it. Indeed, he did. So we, we you went to bed happy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, utter man crush. <laughs> it's fine, dude. I think pretty much everybody came away from this weekend with okay, Joe Abercrombie, Abercrombie crush. crush. Yeah. It's <laughs> ridiculous. So you had yeah, you saw him on two panels that day. Yep. And a signing. No, no, no. I came to see you instead of the signing. Oh, okay, sorry. He was loyal. He was loyal. <laughs> I really need to sit down. That's what it was. <laughs> There's nowhere to sit apart from in that room. No, no, I, I was being loyal. Cool. Honest. So that was that was Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and then Sunday. Sunday. Well, Sunday we did, just did the podcast, right? Didn't we? Uh, yeah. Well, you because you, you caught the one before. Yeah, I uh, can't, can't stop the signal about yeah. boosting boosting your podcast. Nothing we didn't know. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, well, well, I'm really dismissive and big-headed. Didn't mean it like that. Um, they just talked about stuff that we're practising yeah. to some degree or another. So, so validation so, for yeah. us. Yeah, it was kind of sad that they're going, oh, thank God, I'm not wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm kind of doing stuff right. The pros are telling me to do this sort of stuff, and I'm kind of doing this sort of stuff, so sweet. Excellent. Fine. Good <laughs> Excellent. <stuff. laughs> um, yeah, and then it was the future of new media, which, which was a, that was an interesting discussion. A really interesting discussion. I. Um, so, yeah, it was... Yeah, it was, it was an interesting discussion on kind of where new media is going and a lot of it seemed very much around the topic of rights and uh, fan fiction and, and who owns what with fan fiction and who's allowed to do what and about kind of rights holders uh, for franchises allowing people to come in and write fan fiction within their universes and opening it out to officially say... Yes, you're allowed to write it, but post it here, and yeah. then that's something that they own, and it becomes part of the universe. Yeah, that, that was mentioned to an extent. Um, that wasn't my big takeaway. I, I don't know anything about fanfic, yeah. so they were asking a lot of fanfic questions. And I was like, I had no idea this was so big. Oh yeah, it, it's massive. Yeah, and I, I had no idea. It, it's interesting now because the, the reason why a lot of the big license holders are, are allowing it now, instead of cease and desisting people who are writing fanfic, is because they're churning out content that's yeah. about that universe and it's dra- dragging more people into the universe by providing more fiction within that, that franchise. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what's great about Nine Worlds is that at some point you're going to be exposed to something you didn't know existed mm. or didn't know enough about and you're going to learn something which again goes back to the whole part sci-fi convention part convention lecture circuit yeah um, I think my takeaway from that was the breakdown the old media seems to like to in- have like infence its content whereas new media is more open borders and that I could work with someone in America on a script for a BBC TV show, yeah. quite open without borders or restrictions. But if we wrote that show and it was filmed and put on the BBC, my my, my colleague in America couldn't watch it mm. on the iPlayer without some kind of proxy bypass. Yeah. So where I would have liked to see the panel head after that was a discussion of how we get old media to embrace new media. Uh, and the distribution and creation possibilities that it allows, 
and something we've spoken about a number of times on this podcast is why do we even have territorial releases? Yeah. Why do we release something here and then release it a week later in the States or two months later in Australia? Why is Spotify like only now just getting to Australia? That's that sort of thing. Um, it makes no sense in a globally connected... It makes no realistic sense, but the, the answer is money. It's always money. Yeah, well, even, even then, I mean, like, WWE streams Raw live. Um, different providers will pick up Raw and show it live in their particular countries, and the adverts are tuned for the, those countries. Yeah. So they're not necessarily going to lose advertising revenue. It, it can be done. They can customise their adverts for the particular country. Oh, yeah, it, it can definitely be done. It's just not being done. Yeah. Uh, and I can't really see a legitimate reason for that restriction. Well, again, the legitimate reason for it is because say, like, Channel 4 buys something from America, they want to show it at their peak time, not at ridiculous o'clock in the morning. Okay, yeah. So they want to charge more. And the problem with iPlayer is the fact that we pay licensing fees, but if they did a version in America, which was iPlayer, that had adverts in it, that would work. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's, there's solutions, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, there are solutions, yeah, but it, ultimately it comes down to money. It always does. Mm. Uh, it's about who holds the rights for it in whichever countries and how they want to display that content. There was uh, there was an interesting discussion as part of that panel, which is about the the different mindsets in whether in in kind of purchasing old things in an old fashioned way and and subscription models. Which was the conversation of you know when you when you go to a shop to buy a DVD, you look around, you choose, and then you make your choice, and then you come back with that thing, and you spend your fifteen pounds on your thing, and that's your reward there for, for what you've done. Whereas with the, with the subscription model, you pay up front, and then you go hunting for that amount of money's worth of content. Yeah, I thought that was incredibly interesting, and yeah. the the psychological attachment that comes with buying something physical. Yeah, and how. Yeah, had the wiring in our brain has been changed now by subscription models. I thought that was incredibly interesting. It was interesting. really interesting about it, and if, the, if, he's, yeah. if he's coming on the show, then hopefully we'll, yeah. we'll get to have that discussion I mean, as, as someone, in depth. As someone whose entire bachelor's, bachelor's dissertation was creating a streaming model for the music industry, and also someone who prefers to have a physical comic book, that dichotomy of where my mind is at is, is kind of interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah... Hopefully we'll have Anshan on the show and he can come and yeah, explain it to me in terms I understand. Interesting discussion. Because <laughs> yeah. well, we have many, many different streaming services. Well, that's it, yeah. Sometimes we can forget that Netflix exists for a month or two. But you still Most of the time we forget it. that Amazon Prime exists until something goes, hey, it's exclusive Amazon Prime! Yeah. Like Constantine. I just started watching Vikings. I thought, what's everyone talking mm. about this show for? Yeah. Let's give it a watch. And I've like just Have you um, binge watched the whole binge thing? Watched yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah, we, did. <laughs> we did all three seasons. So it's something else start, and, and then we'll, we'll binge watch a load of stuff, and then we'll forget it's there yeah. again. Because we go in and go, oh, not interested, not interested, and then we forget about it and do yeah. something else. I'm the worst kind of human being. I've bought 13 books over the last three days, and I've done nothing but watch Vikings on Amazon <laughs> instead. <laughs> It's just, well, yeah, I, so I a, suck. We, we fall into that category that Joe Abercrombie was talking about, about the people who buy his books and don't read them. Because we've oh, got see. his books and we've never read them. Well, a friend of mine lent me The Blade Itself uh, and the rest of the First Law Trilogy years ago, and I loved them. And so I finally got a chance to buy my own copies. So I did. And I bought this entire second trilogy. 
and the other books they had there I already owned so I already have Heroes and uh, Best Served Cold but yeah fanboy sweet fanboy much but when it comes to Vikings that, that theme tune is really brilliant mm. oh yeah right. but unfortunately now our TV every time they, they keep using on, it for Yord Scott Yord Scott yeah. I think is the next season of Vikings no no, no. they won't be I've only seen the, the, the first season so don't go too far into the spoilers no, 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 I've no. had to sleep yeah, I'm not I'm not spoilering time. I'm just saying that every Sleepy time the, the Jorgen Scott comes on I go Vikings oh no it's, oh, it's Yord Scott damn it <laughs> <laughs> but you did something different while we were at New Media. Uh, I did. I went to the um, books versus comics versus games versus television. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> Which, um, in, in the same way as kind of the the sci-fi versus um, the fantasy, um, you, you had um, you had one person from from each category that had to say why theirs was the best. Um, and then say why everybody else's was the worst and, and what was a great example of theirs and then after a while throw it to the floor. But it was incredibly funny. Um, and it was saying about, you know, the use of television is, is, is the most widely watched where um, as comics say, you know, it creates bits of time and it has um, unlimited special effects budgets and yeah. so did books. And then um, it was uh, Paul Cornell was on um, the uh, representing comics, yeah. and halfway through, he said, "Oh, you know, sod this," and got the books and put it all over both and put it in the middle, so comics and books went together. Because <laughs> Jonathan Green was on books, right? Jonathan oh, was Green was on was games. games. Was games? Was it oh, okay? But um, so and um, that but, that led to issues because he was saying about you know my games books, and they were saying, "Yes, your games books." books. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So book, books won it, didn't it? I think books did win. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. So books, I think, was always going to win. And and yet again, they said, you know, I don't believe a word I'm saying. Carried <laughs> <laughs> on. Cool. So then, then uh, books and comics did separate towards the end. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was a really, really good, really entertaining panel, and books won. Then I think we all went for a break again and then came back for our, our last thing before we left, which, which was, was the MMORPG show. And that was fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was so close to starting a Wash Breeze Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> for Wash Breeze the Wizard. Uh, if anyone knows who the guy playing Wash Breeze was, just like give him a high five from the Nerd vs. World Group. Absolutely. He was hilarious. In fact, all three of the of the the gamers were. They were all great, and I don't think that show would have worked quite so well if they hadn't been picked, or if they picked gamers who were slightly more nervous, because mm. they just like fell right into it. Yeah. Oh, it was stunning. Go on, tell them tell them how it worked. Okay, so it, essentially, it was uh, it, it's the MMORPG show. So obviously, MMORPG. Uh, it's massively multiplayer online role-playing game, but in this stage, it was massively multiplayer on-stage role-playing game. So he picked three members of the audience to, to play characters, 
and it was essentially an, an interactive D&D style adventure where he had a giant bouncy D20 that got thrown off the stage into the audience uh, to see whether they succeeded in their various tasks. Yeah. Um, so he basically had planned out the scenario with various places that it could go, various things that could occur. Uh, they bumped into characters based on his parents, who <laughs> were amusing. They so spent most of the time trying to cross a bridge. Um, so what, what, what happened is we, we pulled the three people out. So the, the, the first person he, he pulled out was, was an elf, and it was uh, a lady elf. Um, and she was called something really with E, but they could never Elrith. remember. So Elrith the Archer. It, it kept changing between Eric, Eric and, and, yeah. and, and all sorts of things. I would have gone Elrith, spelled with an S, but and, like and have the elf have a lisp for the entire thing. And then they had to um, they had to do um, a little game at the start to see if they could start with any extra XP. Um, so there was um, an elf. Um, game at the start, and then the next guy who was pulled up was Washbreeze. Washbreeze the wizard. wizard. Um, and so he had to do a magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. And uh, then they got sent off to do their character sheets, and then finally they pulled up a dwarf warrior called Banjo. Banjo. But they pulled up two two warriors, two warriors, and they had to fight it out in the Colosseum, which was. Actually, I'm not going to say what it no. was. No, no, I'm, I'm not, not saying, saying what they are. Yeah. Um, but there was an epic battle. So there was an epic battle between two contestants. <laughs> between the two fighters for who was going to get on and the stage. Then, yeah. And then uh, um, the chap that won went off to do fill in his character sheet. Um, and they got given their extra XP. And yeah, so it was Wash, Breeze, Banjo and... Elrith. Elrith. So they uh, got put in a cave. Yeah, they were talked through the adventure. They were levelled up and got all sorts of wonderful surprises for yeah. levelling up. And yeah, had spell casting and it was and, and yeah, it was and yeah, yeah. And there was so much they just go, oh yeah, yeah. It could have gone on for at least yeah. another hour, and we'd still have all been entertained. I think. I hurt afterwards because my stomach hurt from the laughing uh, I was, too much. Yeah, I was literally, I was literally crying with laughter at one point. <laughs> it was so funny. There was one point where I lost my spine and just collapsed. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is another one. It's, it's from the same guy who was Treyguard in, yeah, Nightmare, in Live. Nightmare Live. Uh, who's obviously a massive gaming nerd yeah. uh, and has decided to take this idea on tour with him. So if you get the chance to see the MMORPG show live, go. You it's have to. It's brilliant. Yeah. If, you know, uh, if you know anything about D&D or just want to go and be amused, then please do. Uh, and, and haggle for bonuses. <laughs> go and get in the crowd and haggle for bonuses. There was a yeah. lot of crowd interaction. Yeah. yeah. And it was only the second time that had been performed. Yes. So we were very lucky. And he, yeah, and it was so good. The fact that they let the room in and then had to kick everybody out of the room again yes. and give them raffle tickets. And people were grumbling because people like to grumble. Um, but the fact that no one was grumbling about any of it by the end of it yeah. was testament to how fucking awesome the show was. It was fantastic and yeah. was a, a wonderful way to round off oh, the yeah. convention. For, Perfect way for to round off. After that, it was the drive back to, to Oxford. Back to civilization, yeah, and normality. Back to watch Vikings and ignore the book pile that I have. But there, was, there was so much more I could have done oh God, that yeah. weekend yeah. if only I could clone myself. There are something like fifteen or sixteen different tracks, all with stuff happening concurrently for the entire weekend. Yeah. So uh, yeah, 
as I touched on briefly earlier, it's the con is what you want to make of it. Make your own plan. Their online planner is fantastic because you can just choose what you want and then save it, and then you've got your own con planner there, yeah. so you can see at a glance what's going on next. Because it uh, it automatically removes entries as time progresses over the course of the weekend, so I mean, you always it, see what's coming up next yeah. that you're you interested know, in. If you're in, you know, if you if you're interested in two or three things, you just got two or three things rather than the fifteen to choose between when the time comes. Yeah. Yeah, so then you're not leafing through the the program. So if you spend the kind of half an hour before you get to the con planning stuff out using the online planner, the weekend becomes so much easier. Yeah. And I think as per normal in conventions, had we have been in the con hotel, we would have had more time yes. around because... I was happy in the hotel I was in. Yes, because I, I with the with the amount of McDonald's I was eating, I was quite glad of the walk <laughs> to move <laughs> on the hotel. <laughs> But but every time you're in the con hotel or close, it, it always means that you can spend more time doing things rather than running back for showers. Yeah, yeah. And to get changed and to eat. And... Um, but yes, we did need the walks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely did the walks. Yeah. Just only walk past McDonald's on the walk. <laughs> yes. That was the floor in my logic. <laughs> oh, McDonald's! It's kind of McDonald's. <laughs> Continue my walk with a milkshake and double double cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> cool. But yeah. So. Overall, overall, I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't encounter too many hiccups. Um, queuing for Nightmare Live was probably the most annoying thing of the weekend, but you know, you just get on with it. If there's a hitch, there's a hitch. It just can't be helped. It's it is what it is. Um, maybe slightly more communication as to what was going on would have would have helped. Mm. But at the end of the day, what can you do? It it happened didn't affect the enjoyment of the show. The show was still fantastic. Didn't affect my opinion of the weekend. The weekend was still fantastic. Just twice as many hotel staff, please. Yeah, but that's not really a con issue, is it? That's no, a hotel it's not issue. a con issue. Yeah, so. That's the, the hotel. Um, I, don't know, I, I guess another disappointment for me was the lack of traders uh, yes, over the weekend. That's true. Uh, so th- there was Genki Gear and Forbidden Planet there all weekend. Yeah. Um, but no one else know that there was a pop-up market on the Sunday yeah. where people came along, but... It was so popular that you couldn't get close yeah, to the store. Yeah, I just, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know why there wasn't traders there all weekend, so... I, I think it was a capacity issue. Probably. The main room, the, the Commonwealth, was where the traders were the last year, but mm. then they needed it for the gaming area and they needed it for um, another big room yeah um, which is, so they had nowhere really to put the traders and it was probably health and safety with trying to get round or or whatever or having to keep putting them up and taking them down that mm-hmm. the traders might not have been happy with yeah. um, I, I sometimes wish that something like Game of Thrones panel could have been in a bigger room so that I could have got access to it mm. So, you know, sizing issues. maybe rejigging the, the rooms based on what's going to be popular. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, um, maybe. Because the MMORPG show was in a fairly small room and that was insanely that was popular. That and that could have done with being the whole of yeah, County. Yeah, that was massively popular. Um, yeah, that would be the thing. Maybe, th- maybe try and anticipate the popularity of certain panels and put them into size-appropriate rooms. Mm. Um, I suppose if I'd missed... The panels that I really wanted to see, I'd have been complaining about it. Mm. So yeah, I think as it transpired, I think we only missed one panel that we wanted to go to because it was full. 
And we learnt from that, and we started mm. queuing half an hour before yeah, every yeah, panel. A lot earlier, yeah. 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 Which kind of is a little bit shitty because I know that Sue and Andy wanted to go to MMORPG show, but they were in that room for the panel beforehand. Right. So the queue had already started by, before that panel had kicked out, which was the social gaming one. Mm. So by the time they kicked out, they went to join the back of the queue. And yeah. there was two people in the queue that couldn't get in. So, I don't know, maybe they should have a system where they don't open the queue for a particular room until a certain point. Mm. I don't know. But... Who knows? Who knows? But that's, yeah. All in all, yeah, a fantastic weekend. So. Yeah. Thoroughly recommend it once again. Tickets are on sale now for next year, so yeah, if you want to come along, go get booked, come along, take part, enjoy. Hopefully we'll be back doing more next year on the podcasting track, potentially Uh, on the future tech track again for me, and a couple of other bits of bobs. Potentially on the Being a Geek academic track for me. Yeah, indeed. Definitely up for it. I'm up for the podcast quiz, because I want to win it. (laughs) <laughs> you want one of those golden mics? Don't I really you? do. I really, really do. I really wanted one. Cool. Well, that's it. That's that's fifty episodes. Indeed. Yeah. Wow. We're... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Well, as we're still on cons, and before we finish off, we have the new feature to do, which is the, uh, the flash pitches. Flash pitches. So what we're doing is we're getting people to send in sixty-second pitches for their conventions. And then we'll play them, put them in as part of the podcast, and maybe, maybe discuss them. Maybe, I don't know, it depends what they are. So, we've got our first one here, which is for Sci Fi Wales. Geeks rule the world. Yes, they do. And in September 2015, in the Welsh town of Landudno, a whole collection of awesome and geeky people will be spending a fantastic Saturday together. Sci Fi Wales, a whole day of fun where you can meet guests from such shows as Doctor Who, Red Dwarf, The Worlds of Jerry Anderson, Farscape, Star Wars, Mad Max, Game of Thrones, and join those guests for Q&A panels, photo opportunities, autograph signings, and more. There'll be lots of things for you to buy from a huge range of traders. Exclusive attractions such as the book launch of Jerry Anderson's Gemini Force One, Ghost Mine, and even the ability for you to send a message into space. Yes, you heard that right. You can send a message into space. The final frontier. Tickets are available now from www.sci-fi.wales and... Oh, hang on, I forgot to mention that I'll be there too. I'm Richard James from Jerry Anderson's Space Precinct. Uh, you, uh, and if you're at Sci-Fi Wales, Miss, and Mrs. why wouldn't you be, come and say hello. So, there we go. Sci-Fi Wales. If that's your kind of bag, then get yourselves along. Tickets are on sale now. Cool. cool. So, yes, as we were saying. September. 50th, 50th episode. Yes. I don't know how we've done it. <laughs> we, we've made it. We've made it this far. Half a century. So, yeah, thank you, everybody, for for hanging out with us. And with us. Listening, listening to, us. to us. And nerding out with us. Thank you for the feedback on Twitter, on the Facebook page. Thank you for your nerd judications. Um, thank you for getting involved, keeping us going, and being awesome. Yeah, indeed. And yeah, now get your flash pitches recorded yeah. for your events and send them in. And here's, here's to 50 more. Because <laughs> I've got another doozy of episode title for episode 100. So we've got to get this if I can use it. <laughs> 
Cool. That's all for this week, though. Um, thanks all for listening. I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. And I've been Emma. And until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. Thank <laughs> you.